0: Head coach interview requests were rolling at Ashburn on Monday, and I've got my top three here for you to digest and completely agree with that more on this episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast and you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commander Insider. Join the Locked On Commanders Insider program by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. From there, you'll get news, inside information, scoops, exclusive content, Delivered directly to your phone. I was out at Ashburn all day Monday, uh, Coach Ron Rivera getting fired, in the locker room talking to players, talking to Josh Harris uh, in the auditorium after all of that, texting my subtexters all sing- or all day long, texting the insiders, giving you the up-to-date information, keeping the coaching candidacy and general manager candidacy uh, list as updated as possible. That thing was was flying. I'll tell you what, more of that coming up this offseason, uh, obviously. So if you want to get in on that, jointsubtext.com subtext.com slash lockdown commanders to get in on the Locked, lockdown commanders insider fun. I'm David Harrison, your host for this show, comm- credentialed member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation, here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, everydayers, I appreciate your continued support for the program. This episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash NFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, to get a first deposit match up to $100. On today's episode, the Washington Commanders made two new hires on Monday, shortly after firing Ron Rivera. And we're taking a look at all the head coaching interviews that we've confirmed so far. But first, my top three, as it stands from the list of official candidates for Washington Commanders head coach vacancy, after they fired Ron Rivera on Monday morning, uh, pretty much just like I've I've predicted, insiders. You know, I tell you guys all the time. I'm on my way to Ashburn while I'm driving. Expect news to break because that's pretty much how this happens. If there is news that needs to be broken, it will break while I'm driving to Ashburn um, because I am a safe driver. I do not check my phone while I'm driving. I do not subtext. I do not text. I don't tweet. I don't do any of that stuff while I'm driving. Uh, but yeah, the news the news broke. I did have uh, NFL or Good Morning Football playing on my car, through my phone, uh, through my car speakers, and literally I was about 10 minutes from Ashburn and he and Rapoport was live on the air and said, hold up, Ron Rivera has just been let go. So that news came. Now I pretty much already reacted to that news on my Monday episode. So if you're not in every dare, you didn't check out the Monday episode, you want to know my thoughts on the firing of Ron Rivera, go back one episode from this one and you find that there here we're going to start, the offseason is, is beginning, right? The players have cleaned out the locker room. Some of them are going on vacation. Some of them are just getting some R&R, whatever it is, wherever they're going. And the organization is taking a step forward. Uh, shout out to offensive lineman Sam Cosby, who laughed quite happily uh, and was was quite 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 tickled by the fact that we are going to be extremely busy this offseason with everything going on with this team. He he enjoyed that uh, a lot. So shout out to him. Hope he gets some, some rest and, and comes back. One of the best parts of this team this year for sure. But my top three candidates so far from the head coaching search are as follows. Number one, Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. Number two, Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. Number three, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. And before anybody gets offended that I might have put your guy number three or your guy number two, or maybe your guy's not in my top three, this list is all good. Like, bottom line, the entire list is good. Nobody on this list. Like, I'm not, put, I'm not thumbing my nose up. Uh, at anybody on this list. I don't even know if that's a saying, but there's not a there's not a name on this list I look at it and I just go, that's gross. Um, so it's just it's so I in reality, I like all of them. It's just who I like the most, right? And Mike McDonald is the one that I like the most. Well, Baltimore Ravens defense coordinator Mike McDonald joined, uh rejoined rather the Baltimore Ravens staff in the 2022 NFL season, defense coordinator 2022, and of course this year 2023. Uh, he is currently enjoying a bye week with his team. They are uh, regular regularly scheduled practices. They're practicing all week long like they would for a normal game day. They just don't have to play a game in the wild card round. That is their advantage. And then they will be playing at m Bank Stadium. Uh, if my publisher of commandercountry.com, who also runs uh, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation's Baltimore Ravens site gets his way, I will be at m Bank for that playoff game. Don't know if I will be or not yet. It's up to the Ravens PR staff if they want to approve me to come in there. It's the first time I would be coming in there as credential media. So You know, it's a little bit wishy-washy. Not sure if they're actually going to pull that off. But stay tuned for that. Uh, If you're interested in that conversation, that inside uh, information, i will be sending you live updates from the Ravens playoff game. And we might be watching the future uh, Washington Commanders head coach in action with his unit on the field there. Uh, Mike McDonald, before he came back to the Ravens in 2022, spent 2021 as Michigan Wolverines defensive coordinator, helped the Wolverines win their first Big Ten title since 2004 in that season. Spent seven seasons with Baltimore before going to Michigan, 2014 to 2020. Started off as a coaching intern, worked his way up to a defensive assistant. Then he became a defensive backs coach, was a linebackers coach, and then eventually, uh, as he is now defensive coordinator in 2022, the Baltimore Ravens defense was top five in points per game, run defense, red zone defense, third down defense, touchdowns allowed, fewest 20-plus yard touchdowns allowed, and you know those explosives were killing. The Washington Commanders all year long, Uh, not just this year, but specifically this year. Baltimore also had the number one defense from 2018 to 2020. Mike McDonald on the staff for those units. 2020, the Ravens were number two in the NFL in scoring defense. Uh, As a defensive backs coach, he helped create the best secondary in the NFL in takeaways with 22 of them in 2017. Total takeaways, 34 that same season, and the unit had three shutout performances, tops in the NFL that year. Uh, was a safeties and quality control coach at Georgia with the Georgia Bulldogs, where he went to school uh, from 2011 to 2013. Also coached high school football in Athens, Georgia, while attending college for the Georgia, or with the Georgia Bulldogs. Communication and ability to teach is evident by his success at both the NFL and collegiate levels. And I think that is really important in today's NFL is the ability to get ideas delivered understood, and then executed. Uh, and, and Coach McDonald has shown that he has had the ability to do so at the high school, collegiate, and NFL levels uh, so far. Attitude reflects leadership. That's really kind of the bottom line of one of the reasons why I think Mike McDonald is such a premier candidate for the Washington Commanders head coaching vacancy. Again, we've kind of talked about this every dares, but the head coaching job, yes, there's an X's and O's composite or component of it. And obviously, as we go through these coaching candidate resumes, we're going to look a lot at the X's and O's because it's not that that is necessarily the most important part, but it kind of shows you the identity of who this person is. Most of the, most often, coaches come up, and as a head coach, their team absorbs the identity of where they've come from. So if you are doing it, you know, the, the play like a Raven way, if you're doing the just your job out of New England, things like that, that's typically the kind of coach that you're going to be dealing with. That's the kind of of, of environment, culture, whatever you want to call it, that you're going to be instituting in your new location. So... When you talk about attitude, reflecting leadership, uh, the Ravens way, the play like a Raven mantra, all of those things. You talk about an organization that dislikes losing. It's not just that they dislike losing. They hate losing so much. They don't even like losing in the preseason. Literally, if anything is a competition, they want to win. I imagine that a game of cornhole or a game of, of ping pong or something like that in the Baltimore Ravens locker room or team room or break room or what have you. As a legit competition, like this isn't just you know dudes at a at a cookout on the weekend just you know throwing things around and hitting hitting little plastic balls and just having a good time. No, like they want to win. If they're competing, it doesn't matter if it's preseason, regular season, postseason, and that's really kind of what the Ravens organization has embodied, and that is why you know you have the stories of of Josh Harris kind of looking there uh, to the Baltimoreans kind of being like that's the type of organization that I want to run as well. So it makes sense to kind of tap in there. Uh, if if you want to go that direction. And so it's no surprise to hear that the Washington Commanders are indeed or have indeed requested an interview with Mike McDonald. Uh, Of course, there are are going to be some hampers, some some virtual uh, interviews only and all those things because of the playoff schedule and because of what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, But that is something that I think is going to resonate really well with Josh Harrison if Mike McDonald presents himself as the kind of coach that can bring that to the Washington Commanders then certainly could add him or put him at the top of that list as well. So he's currently on the top of my list, but there are, of course, other coaches to discuss, including my next two on our top three of co- top three list of coaching candidates. One more defensive coach and an offensive candidate as well. Coming up next on today's episode of Lockdown Commanders, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is all wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the postseason action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place any $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Doesn't matter what you pick, doesn't matter what happens, you get $150. The early lines have the Dallas Cowboys, the seven-point favorites at home, to beat the Green Bay Packers Sunday afternoon, while the closest contest this weekend Looks to be the Houston Texans who are one and a half point home underdogs against the Cleveland Browns on Saturday afternoon, but they aren't the only home underdogs. In fact, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two and a half point home underdogs against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm taking the Buccaneers in that one with the points. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles just not in a good way right now. The app is so easy to use and there's so many different things that you can bet on like same game parlays find bets in the new explore tab make a parlay in the parlay hub I love parlays I love making my own parlays They get me in trouble but there's so much fun uh, and of course there's so much more so visit fanduel.com slash locked on make your first bet a layup fanduel official partner of the National Football League <laughs> continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Commanders and Thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day every day or thanks again for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Every day or tomorrow, We're going to have this same conversation but we're going to have it about head of football operations candidates Uh, a good number of those uh guys trickling in as well we will prioritize our top three uh as well and go through the rest of the list here today we're talking head coaches specifically going through the top three to start we've already talked about number one mike mcdonald the defensive coordinator of the baltimore ravens now we're going to talk number two and this one might be a little bit of a surprise to people rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator. He spent three years now with the Los Angeles Rams as their defensive coordinator. 2021 Super Bowl winner. His defense averaged one and a half takeaways per game. That's 25 total in the regular season in that Super Bowl season. Washington's 2020 defense is the closest to match that number. They had 23. So they are still two takeaways shy of Raheem Morris, the Super Bowl winning defense. And that was all the way back in 2020 and 2020. Remember, right? Average or better quarterback play. We got a competitor here and contender here, and that has not uh, worked out in Washington for 2020 or 2012 to 2014 as the defensive backs coach. So many many of you uh, probably remember Raheem Morris from his time with the organization. So potentially an opportunity, right? We've talked about a lot of coaches who worked for Washington, went elsewhere, had great success, potentially an opportunity to bring one of them back and hopefully have great success here. Fourth in the NFC in 2012, his first year with Uh, Washington had a 3.3% interception rate that season, very high interception rate for a defense before joining Washington or after actually being in Washington. he, He was with the Atlanta Falcons served as the defensive coordinator in Atlanta in 2020 interim head coach starting week six of that season also served with the Falcons as an assistant head coach, offensive pass game coordinator, wide receiver coach, defensive pass game coordinator, and defensive backs coach, literally a Jack of all trades started 2019 Working with Falcons receiver, but was moved to the secondary after the bye week in the final eight games. The defense that had the fewest takeaways up until he moved over to the secondary finished with the second most in the National Football League. I remember that season very uh, clearly was very happy for the success Raheem Morris was having with that unit in 2018. He was a part of the Falcons staff that produced two hundred and ninety point eight passing yards per game. That was fourth best in the National Football League, was also the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was the stop prior to going to Washington head coach for the Buccaneers from 20 2009 to 2011. Uh, He was the Bucs defensive back coach from 2007 to 2008 assistant defensive backs coach from 2004 to 2005. Uh, And that's where I really got to know Raheem Morris uh, as a coach and, and like just kind of know who he is not personally, but just know who he is uh, from his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, there. Talk about that here in a little bit more uh, in just a minute. Before all that Kansas state Wildcats defense coordinator in 2006 was assistant coach with Tampa Bay. Back in 2002, 2003, won a Super Bowl there with the Buccaneers. Bill Walsh fellow uh, with the New York Jets in 2001. He was a Hofstra defensive backs coach from 2000 to 2001. And he's been a part of two Super Bowl winning staffs with the Los Angeles Rams, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, played collegiately at safety for Hofstra. That is Raheem Morris's very long, very impressive resume. And the thing about Raheem Morris that some people are going to be turned off on is he is a quote-unquote retread. He's already been a head coach. He's been a head coach. He's been fired as a head coach. He's had double-digit wins as a head coach. He's had basically bottom of the cellar uh, win-loss record as a as a head coach. Here's what I will say from my recollection of Raheem Morris as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach and from talking to some of the players that played for him during that time period. Very effective communicator, very savvy, very charismatic. He's, he's a guy that that people want to follow. He's at that kind of a personality. Very football smart, very football savvy as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was maybe a little bit before his time. Maybe he was not mature enough to really fully handle that responsibility from managing a group of men that size, that profession, all those things. I've had several players uh, from that time period tell me that it was, it was more of a social club than it was an organization. And when things were going well, remember, they did have a double digit win season when things were going well, everything was fine. And that's kind of the old adage. It's easy to lead when everybody's winning. Like, it's easy to lead winners, man. Like, when everybody's happy and everybody's getting the ball and everybody's winning games and everybody's getting their bonus checks and and everybody's getting commercials and all that stuff, everybody's happy. You can lead that group. It's when things start going bad. And when things started going poorly for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's when the the Raheem Morris environment kind of bit him in the butt because now you got to try and turn on the authority. And once you establish to your guys that you're one of the guys, you're one of the boys, you're just like them and all this other stuff, uh, it's really hard to then become the boss and become the authoritarian in the room. Now, I think what Raheem Morris has gone through in his tenure, you watch him be the interim head coach with the Atlanta Falcons. You see him work with a guy like Sean McVay, who's also known as a player's coach, but he definitely knows how to get his guys' attention, knows how to keep them kind of on the path that he needs to keep them, lead them, but not having to lead them, uh, you know, with, with, with an iron fist, so to speak. But, being able to lead them with some some personality, I think that you can expect Raheem Morris has definitely grown since his experience with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think you would have those same problems uh, again. Now, obviously, in the interview process, talking to Rams, talking to other Rams coaches and people around the league, you would have to get that insight, you know, from other people. But I just think that when you look at the tra- trajectory of Raheem Morris's career, how effective his units have been, if that if that same environment was still there within his defensive back rooms or his defenses, he would not be working in the levels in the positions that he has been, so I'm confident those issues have worked themselves out through growth and experience, right? So Raheem Morris, a guy that honestly I would love to see him get another head coaching job. I don't know if it's going to happen in Washington, but I would love to see it. You also have to understand or uh, appreciate the fact that he's got coaching experience on both sides of the ball. He understands the offense, he understands the defense. So I think that is very, very valuable in a head coach who's got to have the kind of control over the whole picture. Number three, Lions offensive center offensive of center, offensive of coordinator, Ben Johnson, who I know is going to be some of your guys, number one, number two. Again, none of these guys are bad options in my eyes. Just Ben is the third uh, in, in, in this order. But you look at what everything I just said, Mike McDonald, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I do write for the Baltimore Ravens side on Sports Illustrates Fan Nation. I'm not a beat reporter there. I don't do it every day, but I do write for the Ravens side on Sports Illustrates Fan Nation. So I pay a little bit of attention to them just because of that. And they do happen to live in my area. Raheem Morris, like I just outlined to you, I've got experience uh, understanding who he is and his tenure in the NFL, just because he does have those ties to the Buccaneers, which are the first is the first team that I started covering when I started my sports media uh, journey, if you will. So to be fair to Ben Johnson, I had not gotten able to go back like I want to go back and watch like four or five games of Detroit Lions offense and see what that looks like. So to be fair to those Ben Johnson fans out there, I will just be transparent haven't done a whole lot of studying or not to say a whole lot but haven't done enough studying on Ben Johnson yet to be fully bought into my own opinions on him so a little bit of a grain of salt uh Ben Johnson been with, Detroit, with Detroit since 2019 Lions offensive uh coordinator 2022-2023 he was a quality control coach prior to being offensive coordinator with heavy involvement in their passing game connections via relationships with Mike Sherman Joe Philbin who worked with Aaron Rodgers Adam Gase who worked with Peyton Manning Zach Taylor uh, as lo- as well, most games with 30 plus points in the NFL in 2022 and the Detroit Lions had a franchise record. Eight of those games uh, in 2022 helped revive the career of quarterback Jared Goff, which I don't think you can undersell uh, very much. Goff had nine straight games in 2022 without an interception. First time he had that kind of a run in his career running back Jamal Williams. Meanwhile, led the NFL in rushing touchdowns in 2022 with 17 of those. That is a franchise record for the Detroit Lions. Strong history of developing receivers in his career. He's been an assistant quarterbacks coach, a tight end coach, an assistant quarterback coach during Ryan Tannehill's best three seasons with the Miami Dolphins, best three seasons of his NFL career, in my opinion. When you look at yards, touchdowns, not his highest touchdown output, but I think when you look holistically at him, those are kind of some of the things that he's done. So, again, you know what I mean? Like, head coach, it's not all about what can you do with receivers, what can you do with coaches, more how can you get your coaches to do those things with those players. But if he at least knows how to do it himself, then you can have some confidence that he knows how to hold uphold that standard and maybe how to teach those coaches how to do those things that he has done in the past. So Ben Johnson's certainly an attractive name on this list. Some people I know there's there's a good amount of Commander fans who kind of look at this, and say we've had a defensive coach here for four years, move to the offensive side of things, and owners kind of tend to have that flip-flop pattern. And then when you look across the league, so maybe Ben Johnson being third on my list going to rub some people wrong there, but they're not the only person or people on the list. There are some other names that you need to know about. We're going to talk about those coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports DFS. Because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player sap projections. Sit back, watch the game, and enjoy it in a whole new way. I've been playing fantasy football the traditional way. You draft your roster. You set your rosters every week. You go up against opponent. You score points. You don't score points. You win. You lose. This year, unfortunately, I finished second in my league. Uh, my NF, my uh, fantasy league championship uh, was number one seed going in. Number one, number one seed uh, number, or highest scoring team uh in the entire season and i had a very bad last week of the season unfortunately in the championship round but this i'm not going up against those guys i'm not going up against any pros any sharks it's just me against the numbers price picks even offers you a reboot policy so say your entry stays in even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games if you have a player that exits in the first half does not return in the second half that player gets rebooted your entry is still alive but that player no longer hurts you in your entry price picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL, promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. down to the best of the rest here talking about coaching candidates that have rolled out from monday the washington commander sent a whole lot of coaching requests uh, out monday after firing ron rivera and uh, we've gone over our top three so again top three ravens defense coordinator mike mcdonald rams defense coordinator raheem morris lions offensive coordinator uh ben johnson i've got it written down as oc on my script here that's typically offensive center so i keep wanting to say that but offensive coordinator ben johnson and again I haven't watched all of the Lions games that I want to watch yet to kind of really try to get a grasp of what that unit looks like on a consistent basis and how that can pertain to the coach's personality that they're putting out there. But Ben Johnson, uh, one of those candidates, again, there's six total candidates right now that I've gotten on this list, um, and none of them are bad options in my opinion. It's just which ones I think are the quote-unquote better options, right? So those first three. We've got three more to talk about. Number four on the list, Detroit Lions defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn uh just going back to watching him on Hard Knocks you know what I mean I've never been to a Lions practice so this is kind of the the limited scope that I have on him but watching him on hard knocks I like the competition level I like that he has fun while he's teaching and holding his guys to standards and finding ways to get the best out of them motivating them to get the best out of themselves and then you watch that Detroit Lions defense they've got aggression they've also got some intelligence you can see in some of the games that you watch when you watch Lions football that they're adjusting to what's working trying to get rid of what's not working, trying to leverage what is working. And to me, that's the hallmark of a really successful coach in today's NFL are the coaches that aren't are stubborn enough to understand who they are and ride with it when it's working. But smart enough to realize that there is a time where you got to cut bait and say, you know what, what I really want to do is not right for my team today or this week or against this opponent. We got to change it up. And I see that with the Lions defense more than I see it uh, in some other places. It also makes my scouting a lot easier because when I turn on the Detroit Lions tape, I can kind of go offensive defense, flip-flop, break it up a little bit. But I also want to go through and watch just offensive cut-ups, just defensive cut-ups as well uh, to get that consistency there. Number five, Washington Commanders offensive coordinator Eric Biennemi. And I know that Josh Harris' response when he was asked on Monday uh, about Eric Biennemi interviewing for the job basically leaned on and said, look, we want to get the football executive in place first if we can. And then we'll basically use him. And the two uh advisors that they brought in, we'll talk about that here in a second, to kind of dictate who gets opportunities, who doesn't get opportunities. But right now, with Ron Rivera fired, Eric Bienemi is essentially running the day to day as the head coach would uh in Ron Rivera's place. So if you want to call me interim head coach, you can. There's no games, so you know, there's no there's no practices, but there's still things, still operations, uh, you know, functioning around the uh or around the the organization that Eric B is basically running along with the coaches that are still, uh, left. Well, I don't say left behind, but still currently, uh, under employment by the Washington commanders. Number six, Baltimore Ravens, assistant head coach, defensive line coach, Anthony Weaver. Uh, look, the, the thing about coach Weaver is he's, he's, he's just a guy I don't know a lot about. You know what I mean? He's kind of just popped up on the radar. Uh, on Monday. So it's not a guy I've had a lot of time to dig deep into. But again, you look at the Ravens organization, you look at where they've come from, you look at what they've done uh, previous to to and Baltimore was with the Houston Texans. And while the Houston Texans certainly have had some rough years over the years, their defensive line has certainly been able to produce some really solid players uh, and some talented guys. And I almost wonder if it's not almost a pre-interview for Anthony Weaver to be considered a possible commander's defensive coordinator if Mike McDonald comes over. Now again, Anthony Weaver has the assistant head coach title in Baltimore. Maybe that matters. I don't know how much of that is title and how much of that is function. But, you know, if, if it's considered kind of a step up, maybe Anthony Weaver comes over with Mike McDonald is his defensive coach or defense coordinator as Mike McDonald uh, runs runs the team as the head coach. So those are your six candidates right now. Uh, again, number one, Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. Number two, Rams defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. Number three, Lions offense coordinator, Ben Johnson. Number four, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. Five, Washington Commanders offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, assistant head coach and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Six, Baltimore Ravens assistant head coach, defensive line coach Anthony Weaver. Uh, in that order, according to me. What's interesting about this list: four defensive head coaches, two offensive head coaches. Eric Bieniemy on there, almost kind of a default. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't. I don't know if I feel the love uh, around the organization. Uh, with that hire, but again, who that executive is, how quickly they can get them in the seat. The good news is Josh Harris did say he wants this process done as quickly as possible. There are some hurdles or some doors that they got to open, uh, some things they got to go through because of the NFL policies before they can do that. But he would also like to get the head of football operations uh, in place before the head coach. He would like to have that head of football operations, that senior executive in place to help identify who the head coach is going to be right now. I'm leaving Michigan Wolverines head coach, Jim Harbaugh off my list, just because the people reporting that the commanders have interest in him are not people that I know. They're not personally like I know of them, some of them, um, but they're not people I know personally. They're not people um, that I can just kind of go off their word. And it's nothing that I have confirmed um, as of this time. So, so again, it's not me saying that I don't believe the reports. It's just, you know, there's some people who put out reports. I know them. I know their, their integrity. I know their ethics, Uh, And again, just because I don't know you and I don't know your ethics doesn't mean I'm questioning your ethics. So just, just to be clear on that, but Jim Harbaugh obviously is a name uh, that is out there. If he was on this list, if he was firmly on this list, honestly, I would probably put him number four behind Ben Johnson, uh, maybe a little bit above, um, above Aaron Glenn, you know uh, I don't know. I really like Aaron Glenn. So I might actually put Jim Harbaugh number five, but you know, Um, We would have to see and once if we get some sort of concrete evidence of that or or concrete information on that, then we'll certainly revisit that as we move forward. Coming up tomorrow, head of football operations candidates. Oh, wait, before we get to that, the two new hires that happened, they're helping this whole thing. Uh, Go through. Uh, I can't believe you almost let me forget um, before we got out of here. But the Washington Bears hired on Monday, uh, officially NBA former NBA executive of the year, Ben Myers and former Minnesota Vikings general manager Rick Spielman. Uh, Ben Myers is going to come in. He's one of the architects of the Golden State Warriors dynasty that we've seen in the NBA. Uh, former, again, NBA executive of the year, he's essentially coming in as an as an advisor to Josh Harris and the, the ownership group. That is his role. He's not an X's and O's guy. He's not a player evaluation guy. He's an advisor. So, you know, as far as making smart business decisions, making sure the process is running smooth, things like that, I think that's really kind of the gist of what he's here to do. Rick Spielman, former Minnesota Vikings GM, another former executive of the year, brings the football knowledge, brings the football side of those things from what Josh Harris told us on Monday sounds like Rick Spielman's role could be limited to just the search for the head coach and the head of football operations. While Ben Myers role could be uh more long-term as his uh, immediate advisor. So, those are the hires that were made Monday as Ron Rivera is fired uh, from his four-year tenure as Washington Commanders head coach. We've got head coach of candidates that we just talked about. We award- prioritized them, ordered them uh, by our favorites, evaluated them. We will continue to evaluate this entire picture. Again, coming up tomorrow, head of football operation candidates, several executives making the list for interview requests. We will talk about each of them. We will do another order list of our favorites. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, throw them down in the YouTube comments section. Or go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders and text me your thoughts as a lock insider. As always, thank you so much for making a locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day, always thanks for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Thanks so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of locked on commanders, part of the locked on podcast network. Your team every day.